everybody kind of getting restored in the past couple of chapters. And uh, now when we pick up in 35, uh, this is where things start, uh, you know, action starts happening regarding the tabernacle, that, that big portable um, temple tent uh, that's being uh, going to follow, you know, go through um, with Israel as they wander for the next, you know, at least for the next 40 years. And then uh, it's going to be there until Solomon uh, you know, builds the temple, you know, so you consider what they've got. Um, uh, ahead of them uh, and, and how important this thing is. This is a portable church, really, is what we would look at it as. Um, we've seen pictures of it, and I, I, didn't, um, I, I didn't, wasn't able to get around to um, getting those pictures ready for Becky um, to be able to put on here. Uh, but we've looked at the, the the tabernacle setting. We've seen the brazen altar. We've seen those things. So when we come to those, if you do want pictures of those, I found them on Blue Letter Bible. I just kind of did uh, a search, and, and then I was able to save those files and put them here, and then so we could look at them. Um, or uh, we uh, can always I can always email them to anybody uh, if you do need them. Or we can just look at them here at the church, so we have an understanding of what it might have looked like. So. Um, uh, now that we've prayed and everything, let's get into our study. Exodus 35, verse 1 says, Then Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said to them, These are the words which the Lord has commanded you to do. Work shall be done six days, but the seventh day shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Uh, whoever does any work on it shall be put to death. You shall kindle no fire throughout your dwellings on the Sabbath day. So we've already seen some reminders uh, being given to Israel. Uh, even in, uh, in the previous chapter, there was the, uh, the reminder of, hey, I said this to you. I said these things to you. So that continues here in regard to Israel keeping uh, the, uh, the Sabbath day. And uh, the Sabbath day wasn't to rule over man. That's, that's not what it was designed to do at all, right? Um, you know, the Sabbath was for man, not man for the Sabbath. Uh, so that's important for us to to realize when we look at the Sabbath, it's a designed time of rest that the Lord commanded Israel to do, especially right here. Uh, he's commanding them to do so. And anybody who does any work on it would be put to death. Seems like it might be a harsh thing. But but what the Lord is saying is, is don't take his word lightly. Don't take what he says and the commandments that he gives us lightly. Uh, and any such working uh, would be a rebellion against God. What he's saying is, is doing such would be a rebellion against me, and it would be public rebellion because others would see it happening, hear it happening, you know, those types of things, might lead others into disobeying his word. Very serious about it, you know. So Moses is ensuring uh, that Israel understands and practices the Sabbath day of rest, as the Lord told them, Um they uh, weren't even to kindle a fire. Now, there are many, uh, I say there are many, I've heard of, of those today that, that say, you know, to keep the full law, um, I, I, keep, I keep the whole Sabbath. And, and uh, I remember Will sharing with us the, the conversation I believe that he's had with somebody. Uh, the way he was describing it was a conversation he had, that, if I remember right. But he was talking about asking somebody, did you start your car? And I go, well, I started my car. Well, you, you kindled the fire on the Sabbath, so you, you failed. You know, it's that because if, 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 if our focus is 
that we're remember we're we're going through this in Romans. It, the law isn't going to bring us to salvation. The law is designed to point us to the fact that we're sinners in need of a savior and that we're never going to keep God's law perfectly. Unfortunately, we have a sinful nature that works against us, right? And 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 we uh, we sin against God, and that's just it's a it's a reality within our lives. But if we get to a point where we're building ourselves up saying, no, and I even keep the Sabbath and everything, we, we have to be very, very careful about those things um, because uh, you, you consider the Seventh-day Adventists. Um, you know, there's, there's a great um, uh, emphasis on the Old Testament law along with grace, you know, marrying those two things together uh, so much so that they have church on, on Saturday. Uh, they gather on Saturday, but they start their cars on Saturday and they kindle a fire. Uh, so that I, I understand kindling a fire would be, you know, uh, doing stuff, but it does take work to to actually make your your engine start too. So, uh, how far does somebody really want to take legalism? Uh, in because what what it will do is end up stripping out uh, any joyfulness, uh, and it will also just start building up. Nothing but uh, but uh, pride within an individual. So uh, be be careful of those things. But uh, Moses is re is reminding Israel that the Lord commanded them uh, to keep the Sabbath rest to the Lord, uh, and uh, and he just mentions that to them in uh, the, those first verses. There, verse four says, and Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, "This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying." Take from among you an offering uh, to the Lord, which uh, whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat's hair, ram skins dyed red, badger skins, and acacia wood, uh, <clears throat> oil for the light and spices for the anointing oil and for sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod in the breastplate. I, I love this, and you guys know that I've been waiting to get to this point in, in our study in Exodus because the Lord could have just provided these things. He literally could have, just like he made the the, the tablets of stone that were cut out and and the, that he wrote on them with the finger of God, the Ten Commandments, right? He could have provided all of these things. Yet he calls his children to be a part of something very powerful, very spiritual for them. So uh, they have an opportunity to be, a, a, you know, a, a, point, a part, uh, to play a part in this and um They've uh, now considered they've received many riches from uh, Egypt when they left, right? They were they went and they gathered all these things, uh, and uh, they they have all these things that the Lord told them that they could have. So they went and uh, to uh, those that were around them, and they got the things uh, that they uh, would be actually using for right here uh, that that they were able to use for worship, which is kind of cool. When you consider, you know, where those things were uh, in a pagan land, and that now they're going to be used for worshiping God, uh, so uh, quite a neat uh, thing to consider there, uh, you know, in and of itself. But so God's giving them the opportunity to use these things to be involved in what He's doing, and um, they can actually be a part of uh, where the Word says that they can offer these things to the Lord. They can offer them. It's not a, a demand. Uh, it says, whoever is of a willing heart. 
so there's a uh, there's an opportunity there for whoever wants to be a part of it to offer these things that they have to the Lord as an offering. So they're offering it to God. It's not this burden on them like, hey, whoever really wants to, and if you don't, then you're going to face consequences. It's whoever is of a willing heart. It's what it says. Now consider what 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. I mean, when we can tie that in 2 Corinthians 9 all the way back to here, and we see that these people, and we're going to see how excited they get, uh, but but the Lord is looking for a willing heart that, that would offer uh, to them. Now, unfortunately, uh, the church has been exploited. The church worldwide has been exploited. You've probably heard of some of the craziness that's happened uh, even recently um, that, uh, you know, consider some of the poorest of the poor uh, over in Africa that I've heard uh, that they're being exploited. Hey, why don't you go get everything, everything that you have and bring it? There's one man that's leading people to kill themselves. Uh, you know, it, it's guys, the church has been so abused over the years. The people will use these types of things. And I, I don't even know that I want to call them pastors because I don't believe they're true pastors. <clears throat> people that want to take advantage of other people, I'll call them that, um, will play on things like this. And they'll say, oh, well, look at the joy they had. And they gave everything. You know, yes, they sure did. But when you're using that just to, to actually uh, guilt somebody into giving, they're no longer doing it out of a willful heart. God doesn't want that done. God doesn't want us to be forced into those things. We should worship God out of, out of a gratitude within our own hearts. Uh, you know, that's not, that's why we don't sit here and, and pass the plate five times in a service or whatever, or, or, well, now, you know, that's not why we don't point out that the boxes are there and Hey, you better not walk by the box. You know, there, there are, there are churches that do that. Uh, even in Maine and Northern Maine, central Maine, you know, uh, right where we're at, uh, you know, and, and it's sad to know, uh, that, that, uh, and I've, I've talked with people that have left those churches and they say the only focus is money. We need more money. You need to give more. You need to do those things. You know, it, it, what we see that's happening here is take uh, from among you an offering to the Lord, whoever is of a willing heart, right? It says in verse five, whoever's of a willing heart, whoever wants to do this, whoever wants to be a part of it. And what an amazing thing to be a part of. Uh, this is a tremendous opportunity. That gold will never, never bring you any more fulfillment than the fulfillment you're going to get knowing that you gave it to the Lord and look what's happening. It was used or silver or acacia wood, right? There are so many things here that are being put together uh, to, to build this. And it's all just from people with a willing heart. Badger skins, you know, ram skins dyed red. You know, those were things that, hey, you know what? I'm, I don't have a whole lot of money. I got a poor ram over here, right? You know, so they would, you know, they had the opportunity to dry those skins out and use those. Uh, you know, this is, this is quite an opportunity for them. The verse 10, all who are gifted artisans among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded the tabernacle, its tent, its coverings, its clasps, its boards, its uh, bars, its pillars and its sockets, the ark and its poles uh, with the mercy seat and the veil of the covering the table and its poles, all its utensils and the showbread, all the lampstand for the light, uh, its utensils, its lamps and the oil for the light, the incense altar, its poles 
the anointing oil, the sweet incense, and the screen for the door to the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt uh, offering with its bronze grating, its poles and its utensils, uh, and the laver and its base, the hangings of the court, its pillars, their sockets, uh, the screen for the gate of the court, the pegs of the tabernacle, the pegs of the court, uh, and their cords, the garments of ministry, for ministering in the holy place, the holy garments uh, for Moses the priest and the garments of his sons to minister as priests. So uh, while Moses has everybody's attention, uh, he's letting them know that those who are skilled uh, with the ability to build and to make all of those things that we just read uh, are going to be uh, taking part in all of this. Uh, so there's a, a great movement that's that's happening here and uh, these very specific instructions that Moses received from the Lord on Mount Sinai um, are about to be carried out here. But what he's doing uh, right now is he's summarizing all of those things that I told you about. That's what we're going to build here. When you bring all these things, it's going to be a part of uh, they're, they're going to be a part of, of building what we've talked about in the tabernacle. Now, remember that. That Israel had been watching Moses go into his own tent, which he had called his own tabernacle, right, to to dwell, and and uh, that the presence of the Lord, the Shekinah glory, would come down, and he would meet with the Lord, and everybody would witness that. And while while they're witnessing it, they're praising God right in their own uh, you know, tent doorways, right? They're they're experiencing that. Uh, so so now when they see that, and and it was a blessing to them that they could see these things. And uh, they would praise God and they would wait for Moses to go back in. And when the, the glory of the Lord would come down, they would bow down. Uh, so they knew that something greater was coming. And, and when we see their response, uh, it's quite a neat uh, thing for us to be able to study here thousands of years later uh, and be encouraged by so uh, Moses received very specific instructions, and we're going to see that those things will be carried out. But Moses is just letting them know that that's about to happen. Verse 20 says, And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting. For all its service and for the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as had a willing heart, and brought earrings uh, and nose rings, rings and necklaces, all jewelry of gold. That is, uh, every man who made an offering uh, of gold to the Lord. So uh, Israel departed from uh, the presence of Moses. So everybody was gathered around. They, they, they were gathered and given the opportunity. And Moses said, and this is what we're going to do with it. If somebody can't tell you, if a church can't tell you what they're going to do with, uh, you know, let's say there's, uh, so have you ever heard of uh, churches um, saying, well, we, we haven't received enough um, for the building offering for this week. So we're going to pass the plate again. Um, you know, there are, there are a few things that you've heard me say, uh, like, like where God guides, he provides. Not only that, but if you strive to gain, you have to strive to maintain. Um, it, those, when, you, when you go at ministry in that mindset, understanding the Lord is going to do what he wants. God doesn't need us. He doesn't need us to do ministry. 
uh, I've heard people describe those things like, oh, God, God can't get the work done. You know, we got to we got to get out there. What did what did Jesus say? Pray that the Lord would send out uh, those harvesters. Right. God has everybody ready to go. It's not like we've got to go around and stir up everybody because look what's happening right here. Everybody gets gathered. They're given the opportunity and they're told what's going to happen. Right. So they know where this stuff is going and they know that they're going to be a part of something special. What is their response? The response is not skepticism. They, they trust their leader. They trust Moses. They know. They can see these things happening uh, in their lives, and they can see these things happening in Moses' life. So they understand that Moses is a trustworthy leader. So what do they do when they hear these things and they, they're given the opportunity? They leave the presence of Moses, and it says in verse 21, Then everyone uh, came uh, whose hearts, heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing. Those people that wanted to be a part of this, they went. And what we're going to see is those people that were doing this, they kept coming back. And as they kept coming back, we're going to see it becomes a problem. They have too much stuff, right? So they, they come here. Their hearts uh, were stirred. Their spirit was willing to serve the Lord. And uh, think of what they were going to be a part of. Uh, for the works of the tabernacle, its service and holy garments. There, you know, imagine bringing your stuff there, and and you're like, you know, you bring some some blue uh, some blue fabric, right? And then you see the high priest walking, <laughs> and that's like that's that's my fabric. Um, that's uh, you know my fabric that's uh, that's uh, you know on him and and those things. So uh, you know when you consider. Uh, what was going on? Uh, you know, they had a, quite an opportunity just to just to to be part of something uh, that the Lord was doing. Now we may not have this type of opportunity that God's going to use us to build a tabernacle, right? We don't need that today, right? But God may call us to do something awesome, and if He does, then we're going to know what it is, and we're all going to get together. Hey, who wants to be a part of this, right? And, and we're going. Okay, I'm going to put it into uh, perspective. Okay, this church just did it. Okay, we put up a Christmas tree, and the Lord led us to sponsor a local uh, ministry to support. Right, so we uh, decide that we're going to um, support uh, First Step Pregnancy Resource Center. This church took every one of those the the the, the gift idea uh, reminder uh, tags that were on the tree. And ran, they were all gone at the end of the service. There wasn't anything. It was literally a simple uh, you know, explanation of, hey, guys, uh, this is what we believe the Lord's calling us to do as a church. We're going to uh, we're gonna, uh, support. And, and it was like all the tags were gone off the thing. And the tags would say like diapers or whatever, all gone after the first service. So Jen and, and some of the other ladies made up a bunch of tags and everything. And... Uh, I, I had the blessing, Jen and I, we uh, and, and Natalie, we went up there yesterday, and we dropped the stuff off. We had to wait till uh, after the first. I think they, yes, what's today? Uh, yes, today's the third. Yesterday was the first day they were open. So uh, yesterday in the afternoon, packed it up and, and headed up there. They were so blessed by what the, the giving this little church did. Guys, that's all from God. God's stirring. Do you see what I mean? It, it's it, We didn't build a tabernacle or anything, but what we did is we built a relationship. We, and we, we've already had a, a, in our relationship, We uh, but but um, 
I'm excited to see what God is going to do through this. But just understand, this isn't just in biblical times. This is us taking what God has given us willingly in this church. Nobody was badgered by it, right? If you felt badgered, then I'm sorry, I did a bad job. And, you know, But it was literally whoever's of a willing heart, whoever wants to take part in this. And we bring those up. And I can tell you right now that I was told yesterday to my face that some people will make the, decide, the decision whether they're going to carry the baby or not based on whether they have diapers available to them. I, I'm not kidding at all. I heard that yesterday, and it rocked me right into my core. I was like, I don't know if I have goosebumps or my stomach's turning. or what. I, just, I couldn't believe what she said to me. But she said some people have made that decision based on whether they have diapers available, but available to them. Guys, we found the right place to support, <laughs> you know, and, and, and we were able to bring in clothes and those things. And those are going to go on. And if those are used to save the life of a baby, think about it. You went to Walmart, spent 20 bucks, and it might have saved someone's life. Right. That wasn't some big thing where, you know, everybody's trying to, you know, build up and, 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 and uh, you know, build up these their own pockets or anything like that. It's no, we're giving to what the Lord is doing. The Lord led us to do that. And we know that that ministry is is on the front line to preserve the lives of precious little babies. And, and look what happened. They're tremendously blessed. Jen got to meet him. Jen's having conversations. Natalie and I are going in, and, and there was a very natural conversation that that that, uh, that came up. So Natalie and I are just running by with the stuff and everything and then be able to stop and talk. This church has been a part of this already, and it's such a blessing. Guys, to see everybody so excited walking through, filling those the, the box that we had filled in like 10 seconds, Right. You know, and, and then then we're hanging things off the box. And then it, it was a Christmas tree out there with presents all around it. Right. Those presents are going to lead to something. All those other presents we might get for loved ones. They're eventually going to end up in yard sale or they're going to end up in the trash or regifted. Right. We don't know what's going to happen from those things. But this church has been invited by the Lord to be a part of something that he's doing. And you all who and, and if you didn't get to take part. Next time, okay? Don't kick yourself, right? Uh, next time, you know, get involved with it. Phil, you know, we, uh, if you're not, well, I don't know what to buy for diapers. Well, they, they give us these little, um, uh, the bottles, right? You just take the bottle cap off the top and fill it with change, give it back. Same thing. And then they go buy with it whatever they need. I guess what I'm saying here is these people were going home just like we all did, right? Went home and what can we give? And you get it all together and you bring it in and, and uh, the, now the Lord's going to use it, and he's going to do what he wants to do with it. It's the same thing. These were all of a willing heart. Oh, what a wonderful thing. They're, they're getting their earrings, their nose rings, rings, necklaces, all those things, and they're offering it. This is just the offering of gold to the Lord. Verse 23, And every man with whom was found blue, purple, and scarlet thread, a fine linen, and goat's hairs, red skins of rams, and badger skins, um, brought them. Everyone uh, who offered an offering of silver or bronze brought the Lord's offering. And everyone with whom uh, was found acacia wood uh, and every uh, work of the service brought it. Now, all the women who were gifted artisans spun yarn uh, with their hands and brought uh, what they had spun of blue, purple, and scarlet, and fine linen, 
and all the women whose hearts stirred, uh, whose hearts, uh, uh, sorry, and all the women whose hearts stirred with wisdom, uh, spun yarn of goat's hair. So uh, now we see blue, purple, scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair, ram and badger skins. It even includes silver and bronze, um, acacia wood. You guys see, it's the Lord saying these are the things that are there. If you're not well off, you know, and, and you've just got acacia wood. You've got um, you've got some yarn within your house. You can be a part of this, right? So there should there should be a um, an encouragement to us that there are, are are greater things that we can give, and there are little things that we can give. Just consider the 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 the, the poor widow with the two mites, right? Don't ever be discouraged at what you're giving. If the Lord has laid it on our heart to give something to him, not even to this church. If God is calling you to give to somebody who's standing in line in front of you, who you know, maybe in the neighborhood or whatever, or somebody that, you know, forgot their wallet or they don't have enough money to pay for it. And you see that startled look on their face of this is embarrassing. What am I going to do? Uh, I, I, do I do I put back the kid's cereal or do I put back, um, you know, the, 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 the um, laundry detergent to clean their clothes? You know, those things. If God stirs your heart to do it, uh, do it, whatever it is. You know, and that's that's what's happening here. There was an excitement. There was a buzz about these things, right? This, I mean, all the way from acacia wood all the way up to gold. These people had these things uh, in their ability. You know, so I, I picture this as where it says in verse 20 that the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. I wonder how many people ran. I wonder how many people were excited. Right. Because these women, it says that they were so excited that they're spinning uh, up their uh, their um, yarn and uh, they of blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen. They're taking all these things and they're spinning these things and they're making things. Um, so they're going back and, and they're using whatever they have here. You know, you know, consider, you know, for us, it might be equivalent to us running back, like start ripping through, you know, going to the garage or going into our, our room and going, oh, hey, you know what? That's really cool. But I know that this would be a great blessing uh, or, or somebody can really use that more than I can. It's just sitting on my shelf or, hey, you know what? This is going to cost me. This is going to be something that's that that is something. But I know that the Lord has a better use for it. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be the thing that uh, it, who knows what it is, right? When we see here, it can be linens, it can be gold, silver, whatever those things are that we possess. Just think of it as our possessions, right? You know, if we if we understand that that what we have, that we we can offer that to the Lord and God can use it for his glory. You know, so I, I just see people like, I think maybe even some people were, were racing home. Right. Oh, you know what I'm going to get? I'm going to get the, you know, and they're, they're doing these things. They're excited about these things. And the reason I believe that is I, it's, it's supported as we as we continue through here. Uh, this is all the women who are gifted and they, they spun these things. And, uh, you know, their hearts were stirred with wisdom. And, uh, you know, so they are they're even using goat's hair, all these things and uh, understand that God uh, and it might not necessarily even be a material thing. It might be a talent. Right. Because some of these people, it's their talent. And the, it doesn't say that um, when we get into Aholiab and, and Belial, uh, when we get into them, that they were bringing these things. No, they were the ones that used the things to do the work. So maybe. OK, what if, what if someone's not uh, uh, isn't in the place where they can financially give or they can, uh, you know, I, I don't have diapers at the house or, or whatever it is. 
But one thing I am doing, uh, am willing to do, is throw it in my truck and drive it up there, right? It, it's it's the how do I get involved, right? And and what can I do? What you know? How can I serve God with the talents He's given me, right? Look at these dear these dear ladies. They're all excited, and they're you no doubt, right? I, I love I, I love it. Like my uh, my daughters love creating things. And they'll come up and they'll be like, Dad, Mom, check this out and everything. And they'll show us. And, and it's such a blessing. Uh, it, it may be an artistic thing or they may have said, oh, yeah, I just put this together for a friend and, and those things. I remember, um, you know, our kids have given me uh, certain things for Father's Day. Like, hey, check this out. And, you know, you take it out and it's like this box that opens up and it's got all kinds of pictures and they write in memories on there. Uh, or or they've created something, they've drawn or painted something. And, you know, those types of things, you can use those for the Lord all day long. You know, it's it's those are things that mean something uh, to people. When they say, hey, you know what? I, I may not be able to bless you in this way, but I can be a part in here. Now, I can be a part of, oh, you know what? We got, okay, so we've got people doing this and this. I'm going to be part of the prayer team that supports these things. I'm going to, whatever it is, you throw all these things together. And, uh, you know, that's a that's an effective ministry, you know, willing, loving hearts, uh, the people using their gifts that they have for the Lord and those that are praying for them. You know, like, where can you go wrong with all that? Right. Oh, God's God's awesome. <clears throat> where are we? Uh, verse 27. The rulers brought onyx stones and uh, the stones to be set in the ephod and the breastplates and uh, spices and oil uh, for the light and uh, for anointing oil and for the sweet incense. So uh, this is great to see the rulers getting involved, setting a, an example, saying, hey, it's not just, you know, the peasants, so to speak, right? The commoners and everything. These guys are getting involved. They're bringing stones, right? Now consider each stone was supposed to represent the tribes, right? Uh, to the 12 stones that were going to be set into the breastplate, you know, those things. So, uh, you know, they're all getting involved. It's not just, you know, hey, a couple people that uh, can take care of these things. They're all uh, excited about being a part of this. Verse 29, the children of Israel brought a free will offering to the Lord. All the men and women whose hearts were willing uh, to bring material for all kinds of work, which uh, the Lord by the hand of Moses had commanded to be done. Free will offerings is what we see. That's what these are being called. They're free will offerings. You know, all the men and women whose hearts were stirred. You know, their hearts were stirred. They knew what they could do, right? Um, you know, how do I support this? Well, you know, I'm good at cooking. Serve like that. Take care of these people. They're going to need to get fed. Well, but all these people are getting together with whatever talents they have, and they're 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 using those talents, and it's a wonderful uh, thing for us to see. Verse thirty. And Moses said to the children of Israel, "See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom." and understanding and knowledge and all manner of workmanship to design artistic works to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting jewels for setting and carving wood and to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. And uh, he has uh, put in his heart the ability to teach uh, in him and Aholiab, the son of 
Ahishmak, uh, that's quite a name, right, uh, And of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do all manner of work of the engraver and the designer of the tapestry maker um, in blue and uh, purple and scarlet thread and fine linen. And of the weaver, those who uh, did every work and those who design artistic works. So uh, what we see here is uh, Ab- sorry, Moses uh, telling the children of Israel, he's pointing out that God has blessed uh, Bezalel and Aholiab in a very special way to head up the building of, of the uh, tabernacle. And he describes to them the, the gifts that they have. Uh, now, this, this guy, Bezalel, that's the guy you want to hang out around. Because look what it says. It says he's filled with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding. This, this is a wise man that, that God is using in a powerful way in knowledge of all manner of workmanship, too. You need help, right? You know, hey, hey, Bezalel, you know, hey, bud, you know, shoot him a text. How do I, how do I fix my couch or whatever? That's the guy, right? He's going to be able to do it. You know, and, and what an what a amazing uh, list of gifts this man has been given. And uh, the Lord says, also in 34, uh, the Lord had, sorry, uh, Moses said that, not the Lord. Uh, and he has put, God has put in his heart the ability to teach. So this guy is going to, he's going to head up this process. These two guys... You know, Bezalel's the you know the head guy, and he's got Aholiab with him, and these two know how to teach. They know how to do these things here, uh, and uh, they're going to be put to work, and they're gonna they're gonna show you what they what they want done and how to do it and everything. And these guys uh, were given the talents by the Lord, and they were using those talents as they should. It says, uh, uh, you know, in in all these things, it says it was put in his heart the ability to teach. Uh, and then we see a holy oven, we see engraving and tapestry and their ability to train others to serve God. You know, hey, this is how we get it done, guys. Uh, so it's a it's a wonderful thing to read and, and to look at and see what God is doing amongst many people. And uh, verse one of 36 says in Bezalel and Aholiab and every gifted artisan in whom the Lord uh, has put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary shall do according to all that the Lord has commanded. Then Moses called Bezalel and uh, Aholiab and every gifted artisan in whose heart the Lord put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred uh, to come and do the work. So here they're all being gathered together. All the ones that are going to work, they're being gathered together here uh, as the ones uh, who want to be a part of this. Their hearts are stirred, and they're going to come, and they're going to do an amazing thing that the Lord is allowing them to be a part of. Verse 3 says, And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him free will offerings Every morning. Isn't that awesome? Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work which he was doing. So they had to stop what they were doing. You see how, how great of a disruption this giving every day was, right? And they spoke to Moses saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the commandment, 
and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing for the material that had uh, that they had was sufficient for all the work to be done. Indeed, too much. Guys, isn't that a blessing to read? That, that when their hearts were stirred and they wanted to give to the Lord, they gave so much that they had to literally be restrained by the leader of the nation. <laughs> right? Guys, stop, right? We're really blessed that you're doing this, but you got to stop. We don't have enough room. It's becoming uh, too much of a burden. Like when the people are saying, hey, can you tell them to stop bringing stuff? We don't have places to store all of this. That's a good problem for them to have within the heart of them, right? Their hearts are stirred. It wasn't like this one time and they go home and say, I can't believe I gave that away. I can't. What this is saying is they went home and they're like, what else can we give? That was awesome, right? You ever been on that part of things where you are used by the Lord and you're going, I want more of that fulfillment, right? As they're empty, this is literally what's happening. They're emptying their homes and themselves of things and God is filling them. And so they're 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 getting so excited about the, the filling that they keep want they want to keep giving. And they they want to keep giving so much so they're doing it every morning, right? The fulfillment that comes from the Lord, right? The fulfillment that comes from us using whatever he's he's given us to bless him and and to, to praise him, right? And look look at the response. The response was they had to be told by Moses, and it, it, literally it says, let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from being, right? Like you want, you know, it, it's funny, even in, in leadership and in, in, uh, my old job, I never, uh, you know, military recruiting for 18 years. You don't want to hire a recruiter that you have to push along to do their job, right? You don't want to have to motivate somebody. Right. Uh, you want somebody that eventually you might have to rein in and go, whoa, hold on a second here. Right. It's much better to have to slow somebody down than to push them forward. Right. And look what's happening here. They're so blessed by what is happening. They're so blessed by the by the fact that, uh, you know, what they're uh, they're doing is a part of uh, this this work of worship. That uh, they they are um, just taking part of all these things, and they're indeed doing what it says they're doing too much, right? So they had to be restrained, and they were restrained, and uh, Moses takes care of uh, the business there. Verse eight says, "Then all the gifted artisans among them who worked on the tabernacle made ten curtains woven of fine linen of blue, purple, and scarlet thread." With artistic designs of cherubim, they made them. The length of each curtain was 28 cubits, and the width of each uh, each curtain was 4 cubits. The curtains were all the same size, and and he coupled uh, five curtains to one another. And the other five curtains he coupled to one another. He uh, made loops of blue yarn uh, on edge uh, of the curtain. Uh, the selvage uh, of one set. Likewise, he did on the outer edge of the other curtain on the second side. Fifty loops he made on one curtain, and fifty loops he made on the edge of the curtain on the ed- uh, end of the second set. The loops held 
uh, one curtain to one another, uh, to another, sorry, and made 50 clasps of gold and coupled the curtains uh, to one another with clasps that it might be uh, one tabernacle. So uh, what we see here is with all these things, they are going to work. Uh, and what's first described are the curtains that are going to be used. Again, where God guides, God provides. God uh, guided the people and said, hey, if you want to be a part of this, this is an opportunity. Uh, he, they provided, uh, he provided so much through the willing and stirred hearts. And they just get to work and they start building these things. Next, um, verse 14 says, he made curtains of goat's hair for the tent of the tabernacle. He made 11 curtains. The length of each curtain was 30 cubits. And the width of each curtain was four cubits. The 11 uh, curtains were the same size. He coupled five curtains uh, by themselves and six curtains by themselves. And he made 50 loops on the edge of the curtain on uh, that is outermost on the set. And 50 loops he made on the edge of the curtain on the second set. Uh, he also made 50 bronze clasps uh, to couple the tent together that it... Um, might be one. Then he made a covering for the tent of ram skins tie, uh, dyed red and a covering of badger skins above that. So these are all things that on Mount Sinai, when the Lord said, these are what they're doing is they're doing things to the exact specifications that God said on Mount Sinai. So as we're reading through these, and I'll, I, there may be parts where I say, guys, remember that? We've already read it. We're going to move forward, okay? Uh, and and uh, because we've already discussed how, how tall and how wide and, and those things, if you really want to go back, um, I just, I'm trying not to um, I just read to you the whole the rest of the service, but I might actually for these, and we might skip over some later on the next service. But, um, but essentially uh, what they're doing here is they're now starting to put these things together. Uh, if you see verses 20 through uh, 30, we see, uh, the uh, the tabernacle uh, for the tabernacle he made uh, boards of acacia wood uh, standing upright right so uh, th these boards that we saw that were going to be used uh, in the tabernacle that were going uh, to stand and how they would be set up uh, that on on each side of the tabernacle these things and and we've seen those those pictures and um, next week uh, maybe then I'll bring those up or whatever but we've seen them right as a church we've looked at them before uh, if you want to uh, to understand some more of these things go like I said go online and look them up um, I didn't uh, get around to being able to, uh, to bring those here today and I'd love to um, but I, I wasn't able to so uh, essentially uh, you know the next thing uh, they got to work on the acacia wood uh, here verse 31 says and he made bars of acacia wood uh, five uh, for the boards on one side of the tabernacle five bars uh, for the boards on the other side of the tabernacle five bars uh, for the boards of the tabernacle on the far side westward and uh, he made the middle bar uh, to pass through the boards from one end to another right uh, so just as they were told to do verse 34 he overlaid the boards with gold made their rings of gold to be holders for the bars and overlaid bars uh, the bars with gold just as they were told to do right uh, verse 35 and he made a veil a blue purple and scarlet thread and fine woven linen it was uh, worked with the artisan uh, design of cherubim as they were told to to make the, the uh, to include cherubim within the design uh, verse 36 he made 
uh, for it four pillars of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold, with their hooks of gold, and cast four sockets of silver for them. He made a screen for the tabernacle door of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen made by a weaver and its five pillars with their hooks. Uh, and he overlaid their capitals with their rings with gold, by, uh, but their five sockets were, bro <coughs> were bronze. So then it goes on to say that Bezalel uh, made the Ark of Acacia wood, right? So he makes it and it gives us the, the dimensions. He overlaid it with pure gold inside and outside and made the molding of gold all around it. And he cast for it the four rings, right? So the ark wasn't to be covered. It was supposed to be carried. Uh, they would make the rings, uh, put the, the poles through it, and then the priest could carry that. Uh, and uh, they, would, they would put that through, but they were not to touch uh, the ark. Uh, it's itself. So uh, they made those things uh, all covered with gold and uh, they uh, had those ready, right? Uh, verse six says, and they made the mercy seat. And I'll read through all this uh, of pure gold. Two and a half cubits uh, was its length and a cubit and a half its width. So a cubit and a half would be 18 inches, 18 inches uh, wide, uh, a cubit, uh, sorry. And, um, was it two, uh, two and a half cubits, which would be 36, uh, what, uh, 40, um, where, where am I going? No, a cubit span of hand. Yeah. So, um, so we're looking at whatever, two and a half feet. I don't know. Uh, three and a half feet, four and a half feet, whatever it was. Right. So now I'm getting lost on it. Okay. So they made the mercy seat and uh, two and a half cubits, its length, uh, and a cubit and a half its widths, uh, width. He made two cherubim of beaten gold. He made them of one piece at the end, uh, on at the two ends of the mercy seat, uh, one cherub on one end on this, on this, on this side and the other cherub on the other end on that side. Uh, he made a cherubim at the two ends of one piece with the mercy seat. Uh, the cherubim spread out their wings above and covered the mercy seat with their wings. They faced one another. They, uh, the faces of the cherubim were toward the mercy seat, right? We saw that even depicted in the pictures we saw. Uh, I saw several different things uh, that, that might have depicted that, but it's the, they're facing each other and their wings would, would touch each other. Uh, so a pretty uh, neat thing to consider as being built. Uh, he made the table, uh, the tabernacle, uh, sorry, the table of acacia wood, uh, and it gives all of the uh, the uh, dimensions there, and that would also have rings uh, that they would be able to uh, carry those things. Verse sixteen says he made of pure gold the utensils which were on the table: its dishes, its cups, its bowls, and its pitchers for pouring. And then it goes on uh, explaining the lampstand uh, being made of pure gold, uh, of hammered wood. He made uh, the lampstand. And it goes on to describe its shaft, its branches, its bowls, its ornament knobs, and its flowers were of the same piece. And then it goes on to describe, right, this, this, the, uh, the several different branches shooting out, and uh, and uh, we, which the awesome, uh, the awesome, the almond blossoms that were to to be on it. Um, so with those things, and, and we've gone into extents, and we've actually pulled up each of these things. So I uh, don't uh, believe that we need to uh, go over those things. Uh, verse 22, their knobs and their branches were all of one piece. 
All of it was one hammered piece of pure gold. And he made its seven lampstands, its wick trimmers, and its trays of pure gold, of a talent of pure gold. He made it uh, with all its utensils. Verse 25, he made an altar of incense uh, of acacia wood. Uh, and then gives the dimensions there. Verse 26 says, uh, he overlaid it with pure gold, its top, uh, its sides all around, its horns. Uh, he also made uh, for it a molding of gold all around it. He made two rings of gold for it under its molding and its two uh, corners uh, of both on both sides as holders for the poles which uh, with which to bear it. And he made the poles of acacia wood, overlaid them with gold, and uh, he also made uh, the holy anointing oil with the uh, pure incense of uh, sweet spices according to the work of the perfumer. Uh, so we see uh, more uh, being continued here. It continues in 38 verse 1. He made the altar of burnt offerings of acacia wood and gives us uh, all the dimensions and how he put those things together. Then he put the uh, verse 7 that he put poles into the rings, the sides of the altar, which they should bear it. Uh, uh, he made the altar hollow with boards. So then it goes on to the bronze laver. Uh, he made the laver of bronze and uh, its base of bronze uh, from the bronze mirrors uh, to the serving of the serving women uh, who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Now, uh, just just realize as we're going through these things, uh, these are all to be made according to the specifications given by the Lord, right? So, so they're making all these things. We're seeing this stuff all come to fruition. All these things that the Lord said for them to make, uh, they're they're being uh, told to make them all. So, uh, when we see even you know the altar burnt offering and and those things that are coming about, they're to be made as God said. So it's not like they're sitting there like putting in their input. No, I think it should be this big. It should be. The, no, no, it's not like, you know, too many, um, you know, cooks in the kitchen type thing. It's no. What did God say? And they knew that they had to make these things exactly uh, how the Lord had said uh, in, in verses uh, nine through uh, 20 is the description of the tavern uh, uh, of the uh, court of the tabernacle. Um goes to explain uh, the, the, the width and, and the length of those things. Uh, uh, you know, all the hangings of the court, verse 16 of the court, all around were of fine woven linen. Uh, you know, so they're, they're putting these things together. All these things that they were told to make, they're putting them together so that everybody uh, can, uh, can see what's happening here. Uh, and no doubt they're excited about being a part of, uh, you know, what's happening. Verse uh, 19 says, and there were four pillars with their uh, four sockets of bronze. Their hooks were silver and the overlay of their capitals uh, uh, and their bands was silver. Now, all the pegs of the tabernacle and of the court all around were bronze. So uh, the, the last portion here, uh, verse 21, and we're going to stop here uh, in, ver in chapter 38. We'll get into finishing the book next week, Lord willing, uh, with 39 and 40. Uh, this is the inventory of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of testimony, which was counted according to the, ca uh, the commandment of Moses for the service of the Levites by the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron the priest, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, made all that the Lord had commanded Moses. And with him was Aholiab, the son of um, 
that, that guy of the tribe of Dan, uh, an engraver and designer and a weaver of uh, blue, purple, and scarlet thread. So this is a summary because next week we're going to get into them making the, the garments for the high priest and the priests. Uh, and, and then we wrap up in verse in chapter 40. So this is really the summary of what's uh, been put together. Verse 24, all the gold that was used um, in all the work of the holy place, uh, that is the gold of the offering, was 29 talents uh, and 730 shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary. And the silver from those who were numbered uh, of the congregation was 100 talents and one hundred uh, and one thousand seven hundred uh, and seventy five shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary a becca for uh, each me- uh, for each man that is half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary for everyone included in the numbering uh, from 20 years old and above for 600 uh, talents of silver were cast uh, the sockets of the sanctuary in the the bases of the veil, one hundred sockets from the hundred talents, one socket for uh, one talent for each socket. Uh, then from the thousand seven hundred and seventy five shekels, he made hooks for the pillars, overlaid their capitals, uh, made bands for them. Uh, the offering of bronze was seventy uh, talents and two thousand. Uh, 400 shekels uh, and with it he made the sockets of the door the tabernacle meeting the bronze altar and the bronze grating for it and all the uh, utensils of the altar the sockets and the court all around uh, the bases of the court and all the pegs of the tabernacle the, the pegs of the court all around huh, we made it okay i know we skipped over some of the the the, the um dimensions of things uh like i said we we spent great uh, a great amount of time looking at the dimensions of those things we looked at pictures of those things essentially what's being said here is that everybody had an opportunity to take part whoever wanted to and what we saw was that people's hearts were stirred they loved giving so much that they started doing it every morning they had to be commanded to stop because they were getting in the way of those people that were trying to do these things, that they had to be taken away from the work, right? We wouldn't want to, uh, you know, uh, hinder anybody from being able to do what they were called to do, right? So they had to be stopped, right? They used what they had and the talents they had to serve the Lord, and a great, uh, amazing thing was ha- ended up happening, and that they they knew that they were a part of something very powerful and. To know, oh, okay, you know, we we were part of these things. I gave these things, and, and look, you know, and maybe, and, and and no doubt the kids saw the parents doing this, and they're like, mom, mom, remember we brought all that? Look at this. This is beautiful, right? They're seeing them take part in worship and what happened, and this would be a part of of even building, uh, you know, their own faith that they could see that. Wait a minute, we what we did was a part of something. Right. Uh, We may not be building a tabernacle. Highly doubt we would be. Right. But we might be a part of of a movement that that happens within this church or outside the walls of this church that the Lord stirs us to be a part of. Right. Or in our own communities uh, that, that there's something that we're going to bless others with. Just understand whatever the Lord has blessed us with, we can use for his glory. And if we don't have anything, uh, you know, uh, that's that's physical to give. Just about any of us can pick up a plank of wood and carry it over somewhere, 
right? Even I can do that. Like, so I've told you here when we've had the work days and stuff, I'm usually the guy like, hey, give me a rake, you know, and I, I'm, I'm probably not going to build the shelves inside, but I can rake the lawn or something, right? Those types of things that we can get a, get in and be a part of, you know, those are, are things of a willing heart. Those things bless the Lord. And as we do those things, God blesses us, right? So there's this wonderful uh, thing that happens uh, that the Lord does within our hearts. He stirs our heart and then he fills our heart, right? As we empty ourselves out of whatever it is, God ends up filling it. We just want to continue to serve him. So uh, what a beautiful thing for us to be able to read and, and study together. Let's pray. Father, uh, we thank you for your word and the encouragements within it to uh, help us to serve you with all that we are and all that we have. And we pray, Lord, that we would do so and we would do it well and that you would uh, you know, use us mightily to, uh, to worship you and uh, to serve you, Lord, and show us what we should do, where we should go. Um, you know, what we should support, whatever it is, Lord, and show us how we can use uh, those things that you've given us, whether it's material things or, uh, or gifts that you've given us that, that we can serve you with and, and to bring you glory and honor. That when anybody sees the good works that are done, that they would glorify you and not us. We want zero recognition for what you do in and through our lives. So we thank you for the opportunity to be a part. Not only to be a part, Lord, the fact that you've even you know, that you've taken people, dirty sinners, you've changed our lives, turned us around, and you use us is an amazing thing for us to always thank you for. So praise your name, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Grace and peace to you guys. Have a wonderful evening. Drive home carefully, please. Thank you.